Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with uh, the other guy, Big Dave. And right there at the top, you just heard a little bit of uh, Limp Biscuits break stuff. Um, mm. I think it's apropos for what we're talking about today. In case you haven't guessed or you didn't read the uh, the name of the podcast, we're talking about Woodstock '99, and yep. uh, I don't think that we can talk about anything more Gen X than this in a lot of ways. Um, a lot has been said in 22 years since since Woodstock 99 happened, uh, especially the way it broke down um, the last day, what happened, as well as some really bad stuff that happened during the course of of the concert, uh, of well, the festival. Violence. Violence and sexual, sexual assault. Rape. And, and death. And yeah, there was a, there were and from hyperthermia, the, 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 the looting and the fires and the way that the promoters did everything. There is what kind of prompted this. You know, I, I knew eventually we would talk about Woodstock '99. What really kind of prompted this was HBO just put out a new documentary. Um, it's called um, Woodstock '99: Peace, uh, Love, and Rage. Is that the name of yep. it? And. There's also a docu-series that's coming from Netflix, either at the end of this year or the beginning of next, um, either this 20, 2021 or 2022, something like that. Yeah. And Dave and I both watched the, the, the HBO series, and HBO usually does pretty good documentaries. And uh, this wasn't a bad documentary. However... The lean on it. This... I have I have I have thoughts and we're gonna get into it. I know Dave does as well. And I have um, issues. I, I do because I, we can look at, at Woodstock ninety nine and I think we can all agree that it was a disaster yeah, from the top down. And I mean literally it's from the top down. And the but the the spin that has been put on well, the on, fact on, is, the on fact, that that for, okay, for the last let, twenty just, plus years has been let's, wrong. Let's yeah. talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah, everybody blames Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit for what happened right at Woodstock '99, which is funny because they performed on Saturday night and the crap really went down Sunday night when the Chili Peppers were playing. Right, because they it had been heating up. Oh, well, <laughs> literally and figuratively, the entire right, festival. Right, right. And yeah, Fred and crew went out and they did an aggressive show. That, which, but that's what you get from Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit I mean, is an aggressive band. And Metallica played right after them. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is that. Which is where one of the major deaths happened, where the, the hyper. There's hyperthermia, right. And which is, you think, because you know, they were talking about, like, you know. There's hypothermia, near, and then there's hyperthermia. Yeah, and it's one of those things. where you get overheated. Right. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a weird thing to happen in that situation of, you know, you think of that, you know, where somebody basically just gets cold. You know, because there's so much heat that your yeah. body just basically shuts down. You know, and uh, yep. it, it's it's sad. You know that there's all three of the the Woodstock that happened. You know, the, the yeah. one in '69, the original, and then '94, '99. There were you deaths know, at all of them. Everybody and, talks about the original, about how right. great it was, how great it was. And if you actually go back and look at the facts, that thing was a complete and total was. disaster. It was absolutely. You know, they, it was one of those had, things. They had people they taking. Lost millions of dollars on that they had major damage to the area right they had people taking drugs that right. they were having to rush to the hospital right. they were having to they were having to airlift yeah. in army helicopters people out of right. that original people died yeah. people died at that one you know that was a yeah i mean it, it was just you know on top of the, the logistics of it all was just a nightmare 
Yeah. But the thing is, is that for 25 years afterwards, it got hyped up as this, oh, this peace and love and blah, 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 you know, and everything. And, and everybody talks about the movie, and the movie was edited to make it look, look like, like everything was great, right, but yeah. it wasn't. And then, you know, Woodstock 94 happened, and uh, MTV had full access, you know, and it was on it was on pay-per-view, and, and all these people showed up, and it was all these, you know, bands of the time as well as you know bands from the 60s and 70s yeah. and it was just and it was one of these things that you know again what you saw on television wasn't everything that was happening there yeah. you know that was a and so by the time 99 rolls around five years later they're like oh well that you know that was that went well so let's have another one for the 30th anniversary and not only do they want to do another one but they want to do it with all new artists and right. all new music with no reference back to For the, the most old, part, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were there was a couple of people that played that. Well, Robert Krieger. Robert Krieger. That was and that was about it. James Brown played. I mean, well, I mean, he went back to the. But it's one of those. It's like at least you do have. You know, you had you had some older bands that or older groups that played. But the thing is, is that it is one of those things that for at that point thirty years, yeah, we had had this narrative of Woodstock pushed. Now, three days of you know, peace, love, and music. You know, blah yeah. blah blah. Woodstock was one of the greatest things that that, that you know that oh, America's you ever done. And you're part of the utopia. Yeah, blah 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 blah. People walking blah. around naked and dancing. And, and then drugs you get to you get blah, blah, blah. you get to '99, and and you you are connecting with a generation that has no connection to that whatsoever. All they've heard is their parents and their you know talk about Woodstock who they probably weren't even there they, they saw yeah. the movie you know that kind of stuff and it's one of these things and where these kids again, are already like well your music sucks and, and it's one of those things where you have this baby boomer generation who's trying to push their look how great we were yeah onto a generation that's nihilistic as, as fuck I mean honestly I mean mm. it's a dude believe me on There's the front a, end of this yeah. on the front end of this we've already we're gonna put it explicit because you're, we came in with Limp Biscuit and it's unedited, so it's... <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. And so it's one of those things where... And then on top of it all, they're pushing it onto a generation of kids, or young adults at that point, that have been marketed to their entire life and have rejected it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, it's not just that, oh, look, we're, we're going to have this big concert with bands you like. But it's going to be stupid expensive, and you can't bring in any of your own food or drink or anything. You have to yeah. buy all of our stuff, which is massively overpriced. Yeah. And well, let's let's look at this. The promoters are looking around, going, "Where are we going to hold this?" And the mayor of Rome, New York, goes, "Well, we just lost our air force base, right? And you guys have had a problem with people, you know, tearing down the gates and not yeah, paying. We got, we got big walls, so you yeah. know, the air force base is already completely you right know, walled in with chain link fence, and they'll have to go in through the gates, and they'll have to pay to get in. But but it's the, an air force base, which means that there's no shade, and it's all, all asphalt, asphalt for runways and tarmac, right, and exactly buildings, and, and yes, and so you know, and hangars and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and so it's like okay maybe this is not the best place to you know and then again you look at the bands that played metallica corn i've got raging the machine limp biscuit uh kid rock i mean you're not exactly talking about your peace and love guys here you know i mean this is uh uh and and i don't i do not you put any of this on the mute on the the bands themselves on friday you've got lit insane pound, uh, clown posse i hope but we're not going to go through all of yeah. it because we would be here all night just listening off listing off bands we are going to talk about some of the key moments in this okay um friday night and i don't i think they were the headliners but this is one of the okay this is one of the things like and we'll get into the disaster in a minute but we're going to talk about like some of the bands that played like Wycliffe Jean played that first day okay yeah have you let me go ahead and tell you this right and I'm, I'm going to put some links up in our in our in our um, uh, YouTube site you know our YouTube page for some of this stuff the Wycliffe Jean set is one of the biggest disasters I've ever seen go off live yeah like they I mean they it was bad that actually that was Saturday it was it Saturday? It was, okay, whatever it was. East stage on Saturday. Whatever it was, it was bad. I mean, it was bad, bad. Yeah. And, uh, but Friday night, 
I think was Corn the headliner Friday mm-hmm. night. I don't know if they were the headliner, but they were definitely on the East stage on Friday night. Right. Here's the thing with that. Offspring was on that. It was, right. it was like Offspring, Corn, Bush. Bush, me, I may have yeah. played. I don't know. But Corn. I'm not a huge Corn fan. I've seen them live before. I saw them like when they when they were touring on their first album, yeah. you know, and I enjoyed it well, but I've never been like a huge Corn fan. I like them well enough. I've got some albums. Yeah. That set that they played at Woodstock '99 is it's still it's one of those things. If I go on YouTube and pull up that yeah. set and watch it, I get chills watching it because they come out and they and they open with Blind, you know. And yeah. Of course, it's one of those things. It's building, you know, you know the guitar and then you get the bass and then the drums come yeah. in and then and then yeah and then you know and then you get the you know are you ready and then it just kicks yeah. The brilliant thing with that is the way that they were shooting this. You just see these waves of people. Just, I mean, it's because just like the, the speaker system was spread out through the crowd, and it was I know, time delayed, and it was just so like it you was just, a wave. And oh you can see the wave God. with the time delay on the PA. It's one of the most intense things I've ever seen outside of being at a concert and seeing something like well, that, that. That was the same day that DMX did his. Well, set. okay, we'll get into DMX in a minute, but that that Ooh. set of corn is yeah. like literally. It's just one of those, and the, the guys that like even outside of the documentary we watched, like I've seen interviews with them talking about yeah. that, saying that might be one of the best concerts they ever, one of the best performances they ever yeah. had because that that crowd was. And they said, and I remember Jonathan Davis talking about, you know, somebody asked him like, what was it like being on stage? He goes, you know, the thing that's he's like, you know, I've I've watched all of the yeah. the, the stuff. He's like, it captures it pretty well. He goes, like, but the thing that you don't get in that is that when you have that many people jumping up and down, there's this wave of sound that comes back yeah. on the stage that is just intense, that is just, you, it's like, that can't be captured. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, uh, one other thing, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Brian Head. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he left for a while. You know, he got, he became a Christian, you know, all that kind of stuff. Got cleaned up. He got cleaned up. That was one of the things he talked about that, like, he had gotten clean prior to Woodstock 99. And yeah. that show was so good that afterwards he was just like, screw it. <laughs> and started doing drugs again. <laughs> and it was a few years later that he left and got cleaned up. And then he, he got back with him again eventually, yeah. you know. But the DMX, okay, we're going to talk about this. Every once in a while, like when I was still on Twitter, you know, somebody like Snoop Dogg or somebody would post, uh, you know, today, you know, uh, today is the whatever anniversary of DMX, uh, you know, DMX is set at Woodstock 99 and they would post a link because it's that good. Yeah. And... It's literally him, his hype man, and his his DJ. DJ, And that's it. And it's on during the day. He's out in the sun, and it's one of those things that, I mean, it is just like, even watching it, like, again, I will I will link to all this stuff, the YouTube, you know, yeah. the, the, the set is just like, dude, this guy was so good. You know, of course, you know, we lost him earlier this year, which yeah. sadly, I mean, it's just terrible because he was such a talent. One of the things that they talked about in this documentary that really kind of made me, that here's where I've got, I've got thoughts, okay? Yeah. One of the things that since 99, and part of it is in the, you see it in, the, I remember MTV doing all their coverage and stuff, and like Cheryl Crow played, I think that first day, if I'm not mistaken, or oh, maybe no, it was the I'm second looking. day. Or, I know, she, was basically, she was first day. First day. Um, it was on Friday. It was the East stage. Yeah, and Alanis Morissette played right before on. before DMX. And Alanis Morissette played on on friday and then or on saturday and then saturday and then, the jewel, and then jewel played sunday and so they were like the the big three Women. female yeah. acts that played you know uh but it's one of those things that like cheryl crow even like in her post concert interview with you know whoever yeah. she was talking to uh, with mtv news talking about like oh yeah you know it's it's you know this is just a bunch of you know uh, of of you know young white men you know there's not a lot of women there's not a lot of people of color there's not a blah 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 and it's like can't help who bought the tickets okay I mean that's there were a lot of women there there were people that of were not there. white you know that were yeah. there you could see them but one of the things that that one of the, I cannot remember the journalist's name and he really pissed me off in this thing 
uh, yeah, I think I was talking about the DMX set. And there is, I agree that it's optics are not great on this, but there's a song that DMX is doing the call and response on. Yeah. Everybody knows the song, and it's DMX will, will, you know, will say a line, and then it's my N word, yeah. you know, and. He is saying, doing the line and then holding the microphone up and you're getting this wave of people saying that back to him. Yeah. And it's all the way through there. And it's one of those things like, yeah, I get it. The optics are bad that it's a bunch of white kids using the N word like this. Yeah. DMX doesn't seem to be too upset about it. No, because he's got the audience in the, in the palm, palm of, of his, his hand. hand, you know, and that this journalist that's in this, this thing is like, well, you know, this is, you know, this right here proves that, you know, they're all a bunch of racists and blah, blah. It's like, no, look, I agree. None of us like that word. Okay. But yeah. there is a difference between using that word and repeating that word. Especially when the artist is the calling artist back, is, the, is calling exactly, for the response to it. Exactly, you know. And again, like I said, can you imagine DMX didn't like stop the song and say, "Hey, look, let, let's let's talk about you're not supposed to say this." You can know? you imagine the response DMX would have had if he was doing that song and he held the microphone out and got crickets? I know. Oh yeah, he yeah. he would have ripped that audience. Oh, I know, I know. One. But it was just one of those things where I was just like. You're making you are you are looking at you're looking back you're in looking time. back in time and and trying to make something out of like I, and like I said the optics not great no it's okay not great. I agree with it I mean that's none of us like that word especially if it's used in anger you know well I don't like it in general but if it's a lyric I don't know that's what to something do with it. that's something completely different I I you know again it goes it's kind of the whole Papa John of it all like you know repeating something that somebody said and then you know getting and losing his his ceo position because somebody um, used it as a i know i know and it's a tricky thing to say and we might get hate on this i don't care because it's just it's kind of gotten yeah, ridiculous I'm, over the years i'm not gonna throw my two cents worth but of. that was one of the things that irritated me the other thing again going back to there was that other journalist that was there talking about like talking oh about you know the one from spin magazine yeah who was all like oh you know it's just a bunch of angry some white of, guys and it's like look some I, well no no it, it wasn't I, I think you may have missed I think you may have misinterpreted what she was saying. She was like, yeah, it was a bunch of angry white 20-year-olds right. reacting. She goes, but nobody's asking the really important question. Is, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I remember is that. why are these people so disenfranchised right. and angry right. at this moment? You know, and that, again, going back to that time. And, yeah. the, and they even, they in the doc, they they approach you know they they talk yeah. about fight club and they talk about the matrix and they talk about you know so that kind of stuff where it was one of these like why was it that you know like middle class white kids were so angry at, at the end of the 90s it's like go watch fight club that'll tell you everything you need to know about why yeah. you know because it you know it it goes back to what we what we always say we, we've told where you're 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 you know you're going to grow up and be rock stars and millionaires and blah 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 well that ain't happening you know it's and now we're angry you know, it's it's kind of the well, whole, you've like, you've been, a, you've been sold on this lie your entire life, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's, oh, but okay. If you go back and look at the time and period, it's not just a bunch of angry white dudes. No. Everybody's angry. Yeah. Everybody, well, you know. Everybody in that point. It was it was a pressure cooker. There was a pressure cooker. There was cooker. not really anything going on. Right. Culture was at a stagnant oh God, at that was, point. Yeah. Um, it, it, there were so many, there were so many articles and essays and, and, you know, VH1 behind the music about the year 1999. Yeah. About how was everybody, what, what happened? We, we were, we were expecting, we're right here at the end of the millennium. There's going to be this big, something's going to happen. Everybody's screaming about Y2K and, it, and nothing happened. And it was just like, it was like one of the biggest letdowns yeah. and not even the fact that people were like, Oh great. Society's going to collapse. It's like, no, we've been told all these years coming up to the year 2000 is going to roll around and something big is going to happen. Yeah. And it wasn't happening. And there was, there was, the 90s were weird 80, to begin with, 80, you know. 88, 90, well, no, no, we're, sorry, 99, sorry. 97, 98, 99, the whole, the whole world was almost like sitting around holding its breath. Right. Waiting for something. Figure out what was getting ready to yeah. be next. What's getting ready to pop? What's getting ready to pop? And then, now, no, and then nothing happens. But just like. Uh, then when something did pop and. 20 years ago it was something big you yeah. know and and it was one of those things where it was like oh this is not what we were expecting yeah. at all um but it just some of the some of the 
2021 political framing that's that's put on this documentary really kind of made me mad and or didn't really make me mad but it, it was just like guys can't you just yes we all agree but let's look at the real problem here the real problem here is that you had two guys promoters who went and got all kinds of corporate sponsorship yep. and basically told everybody yeah come to this big party we're throwing oh yeah you're gonna pay five dollars for a bottle of water you're gonna pay four dollars or whatever it four was dollars four or five dollars yeah. it doesn't matter you're gonna pay ten dollars for a piece of pizza you're gonna do blah 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 you can't bring your own stuff in you you have to do this you have to you know we're not going to give you we're not going to give you access you know our, we're not going to get the porta potties cleaned up we're not going to get trash off the ground we're not going to yeah you know basically just say you come on in here and live as lord of the flies and by and the way, instead of having love a, and music, instead of having a big grassy hill to do it on, like we did in the '60s, yeah, or um, in '94, but they had or, they had rain in '94, and so that's yeah. where they had all the mud. Well, and that became a thing too. That really got pushed. The mud people, the mud yeah. people. Well, the mud people came back in '99. Problem but it, is, it was all crap. Yeah, it from was, the it was exactly. It was and, chemical toilet waste exactly. that they were swimming in, and it was just a it was a disaster from the top down, and you can see. Like I said, so much of this is on. And by the way, they're all trapped in there because they can't get the chain link right. fences down. They can't come in. They can't go out. Yeah. I mean, literally, it, it, that is, you're, they're in, you're in here for three days. Yeah. Um, agreed, you know, there was a lot more aggressive music in, in some of this. You know, let's yes. say, like I said, you know, you had, it's funny because like, you know, Limp Biscuit came on, Alanis Morissette played on Saturday. Yeah. Limp Biscuit came on either right after or shortly after her. Hold on, let me... I'm trying to find it here. And Fred... Yeah, it was right after. Yeah, it was Alanis Morissette, Limp Biscuit. Fred Durst made a statement from... Because they, they basically came to him while they are on stage and said, you need to calm the crowd down. Yeah. And... Fred Durst is a tool bag, let's be honest, okay? And... Oh, he... And, and it's one of those things that I don't think that they incited anything that happened, but... He didn't do anything to quell it either. No. I mean, that was a whole because he makes a statement of, of uh, you know, they told him, you know you need to calm down. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, Lannis Morissette was here to mellow you guys out. We're here to, to amp things up, you know. Yeah. And there is the whole deal that they started tearing down, like you know, the tearing the the plywood off of the towers and and the yep. walls and stuff. And there is that iconic Crowd surfing. Yeah, and there's that iconic photo of of Fred Durst down in the front on one of those boards in the crowd you know doing his thing yeah and then the next band that was on after them was Rage Against Against the Machine Machine. who burned an American flag at the end of the yeah and kind of set things off a little with that as well and then Metallica was the next group after that so I mean that is a a one two three punch of aggression and and rage no pun intended you know of like wow but Again, you go and like that's the end of it, and then everybody goes to bed, or they go to the the hangar. You know, they were having the rave. Here's the thing: the the rave that took place in the hangar has been a thing of lore for 22 years because there's yeah. no photography inside of it, hardly at all. No photography, uh, no, no video, video camera, no, no whatever. Yeah. And they a lot of people talk about that was the place to be because it was you know it was DJs and it was sex and drugs and and DJs basically sex drugs and ecstasy yeah I mean it was just like all in there I mean they they said that was where all the hedonism was happening now the bad thing the the really really bad thing that came out of this is the fact that from the beginning you had these young girls that are walking around and they they hey we're Woodstock so no tops today you know or whatever yeah. walking around naked you know there was a there was a local radio station that came in with strippers yeah that had them out promoting you know I mean it's again you can go on YouTube and like look at like the Woodstock '99 stuff and there's a lot of that well they had body painters there, there. right you could go in and, and now here's where I had a, and have a full here's where I had an issue with one of the the promoters okay okay in this documentary one of the promoters is, I think it's John Sher if I'm not mistaken wouldn't surprise me says that the reason that he believes that the sexual assaults were happening because there was all these girls walking around naked and it was their fault and that's bullshit okay it is yeah nobody is asking for that whatsoever that is complete and utter bs yeah and that really i was like and here's where you get the old man 
I mean, like legit old man who's just trying to throw blame on everybody except for where it needs to be, which is at his own feet. Okay, boomer. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it was. It was one of those things that was a big thing. And it was so blatant, too. And even like several of the acts called it out from the stage yeah. of like, hey, I remember what's his name, uh, Ed from Live, being like, well, Ed guys, from Live did it. Yeah. Um, um, the, what's his name from Offspring did it? Yeah. Des- uh, Dexter Holland. Yeah. yeah. He was like, hey, they're not asking for this. Stop it. You yeah. know, I mean, it literally, it was one of those things. There, there was quite a few acts that called it out from stage. It was like, yeah, hey, cut look, that out. Stop it. That, you know, that, just because they, you know, just because they're not wearing a top doesn't mean you get to grope them. Yeah, I mean it just. Well, it got to the point to where they were fully clothed, and, and the people were ripping the clothes off yeah. of them when they were crowd surfing and stuff. I mean, it was just, and you know, and they're, they're I, Spin Magazine during the there was a report. I can't remember the I can't remember the 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 reporter's name that was there. It was in one of the towers watching. Yeah, said that when the corn set began he witnessed a gang rape happen in one of the mosh pits now there was never anyone that reported from that yeah. um i'm not saying that it didn't happen it's just one of those things that there, i'm sure that you know there were there were what how many there was what seven rapes 10 rapes no, something it like was, that it was more than that, that. was actually reported but what i'm saying reported, yeah but there was a group of people that were at the concert that got together was like, hey, this happened to me. This happened to me. Right. I wonder, right. and you know, they didn't report it, and they were like, oh, I wonder how many others. Oh, so they set up a I know, website. I know, I know. So that people could, report, I know, you know, and tell it's, them it's, and try to get them support. So it's it's sad and ridiculous, and it just uh, and gross, and and, and but it's never one of those underestimate things. the stupidity of people in large groups. Absolutely. What is the what is the line from um, um, Men in Black? It's a person smart. Person People smart. Are stupid. People are stupid. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it will descend into yes. Lord of the Flies and worse in a heartbeat. Yes, and which so, is why if you see a if you see a large crowd of people getting ready to riot, you know, run, run the other direction, yeah, just, get as far away from them as possible because it's nothing good's going to yeah. happen at that point. But it was one of those things where you you, you did you started hearing about these rapes that happened, yeah. and, you know, and and all the sexual assault that that happened, and it's like oh, it's that just that had been sickening. going on long before Limp Biscuit had right, ever hit and the it's stage sickening. And, and and the thing is, is that you know they they got a lot of blame for it, and yeah. it's like dude. They played midway through this thing, you know. There was already, yeah. there was already, this was happening before, and it happened after, and it got well, worse, you know. Because the thing is, is that Sunday, you know, they they went through and everything. Chili Peppers are playing that night. Well, hold on. I mean, let's go back to Friday since we're since we're talking about Limp Biscuit being halfway through yeah. this thing. The West Stage um, on Friday was Buck Cherry and Insane Clown Posse. Right. I mean, they're both pretty aggressive. Right. Um, the East stage on Friday, of course, was, you know, DMX, Offspring, Corn, Bush. Um, you didn't get to Limp Biscuit until Saturday night. Right. Right as the sun was going down. Just as the sun right. was going down. And at that point, you'd already had Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. Who Which ca- Kid Rock came out and had them, like, throwing trash in the air. Like, literally, like, they had every, he, yeah. he, he called for them to throw, like all their bottles up in the air you know type stuff yeah and, and came out in a full pimp coat yeah stripped that off to his and did his track yeah. suit yeah um uh, let's see here who there was somebody up uh, ice ice cube right had already been on stage at that point chemical brothers had already come in and mm-hmm. you know they're electronica but right. they're aggressive Still, i mean you know yeah. electronica and especially, especially for your own drugs it's <laughs> yeah and i mean you had kid rock and then limp you know limp biscuit right and then you say they had the limp biscuit rage metallica yeah. west state uh west stage on sunday you had already had seven dust at that point you'd mm-hmm. had godsmack at that point you'd mm-hmm. had megadeth at that point you never hear about any of those bands right playing at 99 it was because there's all this other stuff that was going on, right you know and that's the whole thing the chili peppers were closing it out by that point the Things people were way out of hand. There was no water. Yep. All the ATMs were out of money. Yep. I mean, it was just it, they were it was, tearing the ATMs open with their bare hands. Right. At that I point. mean, it, it was just one of those things where there was a lot going on, and then there was a uh, was it a anti gun uh, uh, organization? It was an MPO. Yeah, that was like passing out candles because they were going to have a a candle during, vigil. vigil during under the bridge. They wanted yeah. everybody like, well, that was dumb. 
Okay, you're, you're handing out candles. It was an anti-violence light. group handing out candles. Right. Well, immediately there's all there's all this trash around. Yep. There's all this, and all of a sudden it just all I mean, this plywood. It just it descended into chaos. And in the documentary, you can actually see PA speakers going into yes, the bonfires. Yes, and it's one of those things that the Chili Peppers. They go out on stage and uh, ask again, the Chili Peppers Flea, to calm well, things Flea down. Flea also said something about the the groping and everything. Like, yeah. hey, this is not cool. You know, while himself type, being completely, completely nude, nude, playing yeah. bass. But it's one of those things that, like, you know, they went out and said, "Hey, we're, we've got some issues here, Skinny, or whatever." And they immediately go into Jimi Hendrix fire. Yeah, and you can hear Flea and Anthony talking to each other. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? We do, yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And they go right into fire. Yep. And it just it goes even further. You yep. know, and you know, Kedis made made the. Uh, the famous, you know, man, it looks like uh, Apocalypse Now out there, yeah. you know. Well, right before they kicked into the song, he walked down on stage and goes, ah, it looks like Apocalypse Now out there. Right. So we're going to play this little song for you now. Right. Are we really going to do this? Yeah, we're we going to do this. Okay. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And of course, it was them trying again to hearken back to the original Woodstock. Right. And it's... It was like putting yeah. gasoline to a flamethrower. No pun intended. I mean, and the whole thing just ended in chaos. They started the, as all of this is getting worked up, you know, there's all, you've got four days, you've been out in this hot sun for three days. Yep. You, oh, you, you feel like you've been cheated because, you you've know, it's overpriced around and rolling, there's no blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it just, they, people started attacking the, the, the merchant stands. And the thing is, is there were a bunch of merchants there that were not corporate. They didn't, a few of those did get, looted but yeah. not many it was mainly all the corporate stuff that well, they was, went after in the documentary there's one of the guys that's talking about they broke into the trucks and was like dumping food and water out into to the people yeah the they people. were they were throwing water out like, like here take it take it go he go was like, you know? that was the most water i'd had all weekend yeah i know i know and it's just like it, it literally it was one of those things where it's been brought it's been for the last 20 plus years it's been this whole yeah oh you know look look, look what you know all these people did this is terrible it's like well when you start breaking it down into like what was happening there yeah. especially with that where it's like oh no they were distributing food and water because people didn't have it yeah whose fault is that that's the promoter's fault yeah and you know there is some there's some and again all of this stuff is on youtube you can go and watch all of it but but in but, this doc they have this whole where they're having the press conference tit tent yeah. And John Sher and I can't remember the other guy's name. But there's, but there, and somebody asked the question. It's like, look, there's garbage everywhere. Like, why don't you have people out here working yeah. this? You know, he's like, I could put together, you know, I could put together ten people and go out here and do this. And John Sher is like, well, fine, if you think you can do that, just go ahead. I mean, just like attacks the guy yeah. in front of everybody. You know, of just like, and it's like, no, dude, you're deflecting the fact that you screwed up here. Yeah. You screwed up. This is this is what it ultimately comes down to. And so it's one of those things that all that happened. Then the the state troopers come in because it has to. Dis, I mean, yeah. just descended into chaos, tearing down everything that will burn, throwing it into. I mean, just on and on and on. But by morning, it was all back to semi normal again. Semi. Well, I mean, you you had gotten the rage machine right. up and running. And you had basically let it run its course mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. You let something like it run its course, you know, by the morning, it's usually... You hate to see it happen, yeah. but it's it really is kind of at that point. It's like you don't have enough people to come out here and, well, the, and, and the, stop the secu- it. The promoter security guard force, they were getting a three-hour training course right. and told to go out there. And at the gates, they were supposed to be going through people's bags. You know, no food mm-hmm. can come in, no water can come in, no alcohol, no yeah, no nothing. So they were going through the bags and they were taking the water, the food, and the alcohol. Uh, but they were overlooking the drugs. Yes, they were purposely overlooking the there drugs. There was a lot of drugs that came in still. And on. one of the security guards was talking about how half of his security force, once they got their T-shirt and their badge. They would go into the concert. They'd stick the badge in the back pocket, in their back pocket, and turn the shirt inside out, and just go, you know. Right, and they said they were gone. Yeah, yeah. and it was just uh, the peace patrol is what they were yeah. called. But that was also one of the things that they told them on Sunday night when everything went down. They were yeah. telling people, "Take your shirt off, turn it inside out. Don't let people know that you're part of it because they might attack you." You know yeah. that type of stuff. But yeah, they did. They lost a ton of people the first day. Just oh, I got the badge. Okay, I, I got access to everything. But now we need to go back and talk about the MTV of it all. So MTV was there and had exclusive access to yes. all of it. Yes, and almost from the minute they set foot 
down there and started doing remotes, they started getting attacked yeah. immediately. M- and I mean, like by this point, MTV, according you know, going back to our previous episode, MTV had gone from being the coolest, hottest thing right. to the most hated network on the cable by some people. Because the thing you got to remember also, this is the TRL day, so you had. That set that really loved MTV yeah, and TRL that the, and that everything. Was the, that was the preteen. But this was not the group. Bopper. This was not yeah. the group that was at you know Woodstock '99. Yeah. This was the the aggro rockers, you yeah. know, and the you know all that, you know, the new metal guys, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it is. I mean, there's you know there's footage of Carson Daly trying to do a remote live, and people are throwing mud and, and trash at him, and he like you know you mean turds and trash. Yeah, I'm just throwing there was everything no mud at, at this him. thing. Well, that this, was all yeah. chemical toilet and turds. But it was just like you know, and, and he has said that. I mean, it was like he said as soon as they set foot on there, like people were just. I mean, that people were just yelling and screaming at them. And they wouldn't. I mean, it was just. Yeah. Nobody wanted anything to do with MTV that was involved. That was there for the concerts. They had gone from being the punk rock. Yeah, they were completely and, corporate and, and, by and that cool. point. They yeah. were completely corporate. Yeah, they were marketing corporate shills is all they were. And it was they were there to basically exploit exactly anything exactly. they could. You know, and I remember watching that Sunday night, and like watching the live as yeah all of that was going down. They were showing it, and I remember sitting here in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, a long way away, and being like, "Oh my goodness, I cannot believe this." You know, part of me, you know, was kind of like, "It's kind of cool," you know. I mean, it's not knowing everything else that had happened, but it was yeah. kind of one of those like, "Dude, that's rock and roll, man." That's you know, the people are you know rising up, and you know, but as things went on, you start learning more and more. You're like, "Oh no, this wasn't cool," you yeah. know. That no, this was not cool. And, um, but there, there's been so much that's been said about it since then. And blame has been thrown all over the place. I mean, yeah. Limp Biscuit got a crap ton of blame. As much as we're this. not big fans of Limp Biscuit, And I'm not, no. They dude. got a raw deal yeah, on that. they really did, you know. And it's funny because, again. Really, the Chili Peppers should be taking a bigger they slice really, of the They blame. really should have. And, but I, honestly, I think the blame falls with the promoters. on the promoters it's the promoters you know and i mean overall everything that happened that weekend was because of the two promoters yes absolutely and, and just the they were the ones they were in charge and right. supposed to be responsible for the safety of all right those people. and it was it was just mismanaged from the top to the bottom now yeah. the interesting thing is that in 2019 they decided they were going to do a woodstock 50 I hope they arrested the two promoters. Well, they they were, you know, they had announced it. They were getting acts together and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it just, it never happened because they just couldn't. The stink of Woodstock now is, yeah. I mean, just after, after 99. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be controversial. Okay? You say something I controversial? Know, I, know. I remember at the time when Woodstock 99 happened. Thinking, this is the only way the 90s could end. Violence and fire? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Well, I mean, Guns N' Roses did a good job of getting it kicked off. Well, yeah, off. But, but what I'm saying, if you go back to the beginning of the 90s, okay? Yeah. Literally, you start off with a war... Okay, you have, um, you have um, Waco, the Branch Davidians yeah. happen. Ruby Ridge happened right there at the very begin, yeah. the very beginning. You are starting to see, you start going through, and it's one of those things where you know people look back in the nineties like, oh, this was you know, you know, the Soviet Union was down. There was no, there was no this, you know. It, well, we you weren't also had the Velvet more, Revolution going on in the. You had a whole bunch of stuff that was happening. You had the attack middle, on the USS Cole. You had, yeah. you know, but then you get into ninety nine. You know, Columbine had just happened a few months prior to yeah. that, and it was like we, we we talked about the the pressure cooker. And yeah. it was kind of one of those things. The 90s began with violence, and it ended with violence. Yeah. Uh, again, not condoning any of it, but it made no. perfect sense to me then and now that that's the way it would go out. Here is the one thing that probably is the most controversial thing I will say here this entire time. Okay. 
in some ways, I believe that Woodstock 99 was Gen X finally burning down the myth of the baby boomers. I'm going to have to think about that one for a little bit. I mean, that's, it's not a perfect analogy. Yeah. But in a way, it makes sense. Because at that point, we had been beat over the head with Woodstock our entire lives. Yeah. And now we have the boomers trying to beat us over the head with it one more time. And we burned that shit to the ground. Okay. And ended it, basically. Yeah, because the now, next again, because the next year um, is really the beginning of Coachella. Coachella started in two thousand. Yeah, and, you can also, and one of the things, and one of the things they talk about in the documentaries when you got to Coachella and you walked in, it was beautiful. It was right, green, right. and they handed they you a completely. They handed you water. Handed as soon you a as you bottle of water. In. Here's a free bottle of water. I know it was a whole different approach to how that. Now, I think we can also look at ninety four, okay. okay, and compare that to the original Woodstock. For, for Gen X and say, okay, there's this, okay. And you can look at 99 and you can compare it to Altamont. Yeah. No, you know, I, I absolutely see that. You know, that is the too much, okay, this was good. Okay, awesome. Right. Really, we're doing this again? Yeah. No, no, that, that's no a better, we, we, we did that already. That's you know? actually a pretty good comparison yeah. because you had 94 to, what was it, 60? 69. But, 69. but, you know, Altamont just happened a few months after Woodstock. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to be Woodstock West, and instead it was a complete disaster. Well, it's at a racetrack, yep. so it's all on blacktop right. asphalt. You had the Hells Angels as, as your security, security guards. And they wound up killing somebody right in front of the stage. Yeah. Uh, as well as, as the fact that they attacked Jefferson Airplane, yeah. you know. And, and they were and, getting paid in money and beer. And, yeah, I know. So, I mean, it's just. Which they drank I don't know. You know, like and the, the thing is, is that, like I said, I'm not condoning any of the violence, especially not condoning any of the sexual assaults Absolutely or any of that stuff. Absolutely not. What are you, crazy? It is just the fact of you look at it and there was there was this rage in the air you know it was so funny because it's people again you know i guess i look at nostalgia a lot differently than other people do like i can look back at the summer of 1999 and i have a lot of like good memories like even with all the pop music and stuff i liked a lot of that but there was this real like what I, i admit it you know that like what uh, LFO and you know the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and I liked all the boy bands and stuff I still do you know uh, it's just you know, a lot of that stuff it was a good time it was kind of like the music that you were you kind of expect to, to lead into the, the big party that's going to happen at the end you know I know you disagree but it's you know I get it but the thing is is that you had all of that going on but there was this underlying rage that was brewing for a while you know yeah. that was like something's going to have to give at some point. And so it was kind of that you look back and, and people look at that at 99 and talk about, you know, oh yeah, you know, it was all this pop fluff and it was this and it was that. And it was, you know, uh, you know, we were, you know, economically we were doing great and, and, you know, and this and that it's like, okay, awesome. But that is always juxtaposed by what's really going on. Yeah. And what was really going on was that, Things were setting up for something really bad within two years, politically and and economically even, you know, because the dot-com bubble burst the yep. next year. And, you know, and then you get 9-11, and then, you yep. know, and then we wind up in a 20-year war out of that. And it's just like, what the hell just happened? You know, well, yeah, go back and look at those last couple of years of the 90s, and it was all set up right there. Yeah. Every bit of it was. And so it's one of those looking back on that, I see the bubble come pop fluff, you know, and like, yeah. oh yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed a lot of that. that was fun. But also recognizing that rage. And it wasn't just white people rage. It was everybody rage. There was yeah. something that was just like it's just not right. We can't put our fingers on it. We just can't put our fingers on it. And so you get what happens I there mean, whenever with all the corporate and, and it, everything. It was one it's great a, big giant mosh pit yeah. where the buildup is happening right. and the buildup is happening and, and not the buildup st- is happening. And then it drops and it's right into a wall of death. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. You know, it's you never want to see that happen. No. But 
we can look back through history and you see that happen. It's it's kind of a cyclical a thing. It really and unfortunate. Um, there is a podcast out there called Podcast Ninety Nine that started in like I think they started in twenty eighteen or something like that. Okay. They do an in depth, I mean in depth look at Woodstock ninety nine. Like okay. they go and like okay, they 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 talk about every act, every you know that they talk about all the stuff. I mean, like just you know what yeah. was going on, who played. They talk about what was going on in the press tent. They talk about all were this stuff. Any of them at the show? No, no. Actually, they're all younger than us. Like oh, really? They, they, like they were like maybe teenagers when it happened. You millennials know, like early or teen, Zoomers? They're, they're millennials. Okay, uh, but it's still one of those things where it's like you know they really went in depth on it yeah and it's a it's a good listen i mean from beginning to end like all of it um and there's been some you know especially you know the 20th anniversary just passed a couple of years yeah. ago so there was a bunch there were several things there was another one that was behind a paywall that somebody did i forget not one of the boo paywall yeah, whatever boo. And, and of course this happened and then we got the we've got the um you know, like they said, there's a docu series coming. Of course, yeah. A lot of that has to do also with the fact that we got those two fire festival. You know, so everybody's like, "Well, let's look at twenty. Let's look at Woodstock '99." You're looking at something completely different. Yeah. Okay, this is not fire festival. I mean, that that one doc has the best is like the best. It was the best party that never happened. You know. Yeah. Well, Woodstock was the party that destroyed everything. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. And you're right. Coachella took over after that. Bonnaroo came in a few, a couple years yeah. after that. I mean, you've got all of these big, and I mean, everybody Red, learned. Red Rocks was yeah. always kind of calm. Everybody and, learned yeah. from this is how you do things. You know, eventually, you know, Wallapalooza came back as a three day festival rather than yeah. or a two day festival, whatever, rather than being a touring. Well, thing everybody looked at Woodstock '99 and said, "We do not exactly want to be tied to that." Exactly, and. Or used have Woodstock '99 used to compare what what we're doing to them? But you know, there was also, you know, um, who was it? Um, Australia had a big big festival every year. That was um, I don't know. I forget what it was like. Big it wasn't was it Big Day Out or live or something Big day, Live on the Green or something. It was like this big thing that would happen in Australia every sure. year, and I think in Sydney, if I'm not mistaken, I could be completely wrong about that. But I know in 2000 there were people that were killed at that concert while Pearl Jam was playing. And then yeah. again, there was another one where when Limp Biscuit was playing that there was people killed at yeah. the concert. Um, and again, they went back to it and they're like, it was not the music. It's the way the venues were set up. You know, the way that it was all state, it was all uh, festival seating. So everybody was up crushing, you know, trying to get to the front and everything. Yeah. And that's, you know, the way they had the barricades set up. It, it wasn't. Well, con- you would think that, that they would learn Sorry. from the seventies, when they were the doing Cincinnati, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. There's, the, there's been plenty of examples of where they would do general admission, have right. no seats in the place, and then the first four or five people, first four or five rows of people that got to the barricade yeah, first, you would get, get crushed. crushed and, and I know this because I've been in those situations before. Soul I mean, Asylum. That's, when we went to the Soul Asylum, yeah, we were right down front. We I know. were on the barricade, and, and not as nearly as many people as was at this no. thing, you know. And that's when we noticed that 14-year-old girl that was standing behind us getting crushed. I know. And we put her right against the barricade and held everybody else I know. off of her. And that's, I've done that at a couple of concerts yeah. before where I've seen, usually, it's usually little, you know, young girls yeah. that are that have managed to get their way to the front and then they're getting crushed, you know, whatever. And so it's a, you put your arms and you lock your elbows around yep. around them, you know, on the barricades and try to keep people from crushing you and them both. And you know? nine times out of 10 security sees what you're doing and, and tries to and help. And tries you. to help. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, but it's, you know, that's the whole, a lot of times you would hear people talk about that, you know, Oh, you know, when people, somebody falls in the pit, you pick them up. I've seen that well, happen. I've also seen people go down and not get picked up. And it, it's just, okay. For those of you who have not been to a concert where there's a mosh pit mm-hmm. or where there's a wall of death or anything like that, that is a community down there. It's supposed to be. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be trying to kill each other. Right. And if somebody goes down, you you're, pick supposed, them up. you're right. supposed to grab a bunch of other people, make a circle around them so they don't get crushed and help them get back mm-hmm. to their feet mm-hmm. so that they don't get crushed. Right. And and that that was the punk ethos for a long time and the alternate, you know, and the metal ethos of so that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was. It was like, you know, yeah, you, you I mean, we're, all, we're all family big, down here. Big, yeah. you know, component of that. And, and so it's, but I, 
have seen it go sideways before. Um, you know, it, I've seen people get, I've seen, seen people like stage dive and crowd surf and get dropped on their heads, yeah. you know? And it's like, no, you don't just drop somebody like that. You have to like help them back down. Even if you can't keep them up, you help slow their descent to right, the floor. Right, right. I stage dove at Mighty Mighty Boston's. <laughs> I can't imagine. Even back then, I can't imagine you stage dive. Well, you know, freshman <laughs> in high school, I was six foot, 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> but I managed to get on stage at 328 right. and stage dove at, at the Boston's. Oh, I've done it. Yeah. I've, Actually, I mean, Dickie, pushed me off stage is what happened and you know the people in the pit grabbed me and they didn't stop me but they definitely slowed i know they kept my hips they kept my head off the floor and they made sure that my joints didn't get twisted people go down at 328 performance hall back in the 90s yeah head first and just crack their skull on that concrete yeah and it's like this could have been avoided I mean, yeah. you, we could have stopped there. I mean, Catch them. We're not talking about big people coming off of here, you know. It's one thing if you got some dude that jumps off that's like 300 pounds. Hi. Yeah. Hi. But it's another thing if you've got somebody who's jumping well, who's 180. Normally, and it's normally like it's, it's either some girl that's right. like somewhere between 90 and 125 pounds. Yep. Or it's some dude who's a string bean that's, you know, 150 right. to 200 pounds. Right. And it's like, okay, yeah, it might be a little, you know, tough, but again, but that's, I don't know. It's, it's the nineties were a weird time. <laughs> Thank God we survived. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, the one less, the, the, the Woodstock 99 of it all. Is it is, bad that now I'm the guy that wants the seats on the balcony dude, right at the rail I, so I can watch the show and I not be unobstructed? used to be the person, because I used to go to just about every show that came through. Yeah. And if it was and if it was the general admission, I love that because I was the person who was weaseling because I'm short, you know, and I was yeah. a lot thinner back then. And I was the, like, I would weasel my way up to the front as fast, you know, as best I could because I wanted to be there in the middle of it all. Yeah. Um, there have been some situations where I found myself there and I'm thinking – is this getting ready to go sideways? Yeah. You know, cause it's the, I have been in those crowds where all of a sudden everything shifts to the right and then back to the left, you know, and it's like being caught in an ocean. It really is. And there's nothing you can do undertow. about it. And basically all you're doing is you're trying not to fall because if you fall, you know, you're done for. Yeah. I mean, it's just stay on your feet. Try not to trip. That was you know? that helmet show for me. Yeah. Helmet at three twenty eight. Uh, I got caught in a pit and, I'm not sure my feet touched the ground for like a half an hour yeah. because it, it was just I back know. and forth. I remember like I was at a Megadeth show back in the mid nineties at a municipal and it was, yeah. you know, it was general admission down on the floor and we're sitting, I'm standing there and they're playing all over and like out of the peripheral, I saw something coming mm-hmm. and I mean like I, I just like jerked my head like, you know, whatever. And it was, somebody was crowd surfing and they were coming boots first, like right straight. And I, yeah. I moved out of the way just because I happened to, in my peripheral, I happened to see yeah. it fast enough to, to, to move. Uh, but uh, but the but, other person that was in front of me wasn't so had They got kneed right straight in the back, you yeah. know, because of it. I mean, and, I look at shows now. I'm like, is there a balcony? Mm-hmm. Are there seats left? Center balcony mm-hmm. on the rail. And that's where I want to be. We're old. I know. And I'm the same way. I'm like, I, I have, I have. I think I told this story a few years ago. Um, Liz Fair was coming to town. Oh, nice! And I've never seen Liz Fair in concert, and it was like the it was an anniversary of Exile and Guyville, and she was going to be doing the entire album. And oh, that's she, a and great she was playing album. it. Yeah, I know. And she was playing at Exit Inn, you know. And it was a Monday night, you know. And it was one of those things. I'm like, oh, I want to go to this. Yeah. So I'm legitimately I'm on Ticketmaster's website. I've got all my stuff ready to go. I'm down to the final like clicking on the yeah. the the purchase ticket, you know. And literally as I'm hovering over that button, in my head I'm going that's a Monday night. Show starts at 9. She's not going to go on till 11. I got to work the next day. I'm going to have to stand the entire time. And I wound up not buying the tickets because of that. Now, the 20-year-old me is screaming inside going, no. Well, this is where the grown-up in me is thankful for the job that I have Mm -hmm. and the fact that I have vacation days Mm -hmm. and that my vacation days roll over. Right. And the fact that I can go, oh, it's a concert on Tuesday night. I'll just ask the boss if I can have the next day off. Right. And I'll just sleep all day right. the next day. But really and truly, more of that, less than that part, was the 
man, my knees and ankles are going to hurt the next day. That's, that's why and I want. I'm just. That's you know, why I want in the balcony on the rail because I can sit my fat butt in the seat mm-hmm. and watch the show and enjoy it because my knees are going to, you know. Right, right. My knees are shot. My knees oh, are mine gone. are too. Mine it's, have been It's for not years. a matter it's if a, when I have or if I have knee replacement. It's when, it's when yeah, I'm yeah. Put, trying to put it off as long as I can. Um, hopefully by then it'll all be bionic. Yeah. You know, and I can get some extra toys out of it. Faster, stronger, better. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so now that we're like way off of our original our original topic here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Woodstock 99, I suggest going and watching the doc just for... Yeah. It's a, it's a good documentary. They it, talk to everybody, it, too. I mean, they even have polarizing. Dave Holmes. They have... I mean, yeah. they talk to Jewel. They talk to uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Davis. Davis. They talk to... Uh, they talk to Moby. They talk it, it's to... It's really um, unfortunate they talk to Moby because you actually get a real sense of what a jerk that guy is. Yeah, yeah. I well, like his music. I don't like him personally. I've, I've never cared much for Moby he, to begin with. So. He's got that Scott Pilgrim versus the world vegan superpower <laughs> thing going for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be willing to bet he's had Italian ice. Oh yeah, that that's uh, I went to vegan school. The vegans are just better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But but yeah, they do. They talk to a whole bunch of people. Yeah, uh, they talk to both the promoters. They talk to I mean just a ton of people. And it's and it's like hey, it's comprehensive. I'll give them that. Yeah. Uh, I it's just didn't go, it's like going to be polarizing. I just didn't like some of the spin. You're no e- pun intended. That they were gonna, putting on it. You're so. either going to agree with it or you won't agree yeah. with it. Uh, I think, but the thing is, like I said, I think we can all agree it was a mitigated disaster. I mean, it yes. was a disaster like you wouldn't believe, and the bad definitely outweighed the good by yes. a good proportion. Absolutely involved in there, and um, yeah, that's what corporate greed gets you. You know, that's yep. um, that's it's no that's, longer about the art; it's about the it's, money. It's about all about the money. And on that note. If nothing else, dude, just and we're gonna go watch the DMX set. If yes. nothing else, watch that because you want to see a you want to see somebody who who has a entire like two hundred thousand people in the palm of his hand. Yep, DMX did on that day. Yep. So and uh, absolutely, hey, Godspeed, DMX. We miss you. I mean, that's a uh, that that it's a shame that he he died so young. And um, yeah. And with all the, the other stuff around it, you know, with all the drugs and everything. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much for uh, for listening to us ruminate about a concert that we weren't at. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad I wasn't. You there. know, uh, but before we actually got here, one little note: I was actually actively trying to figure out if I could make that trip Mm-mm. that that year. Uh, it's funny because after that was whenever I decided I didn't like large groups like that at all of yeah. people uh, and it wasn't because of that it was like i just don't know that i can be around that many people for several days yeah and and, and keep my sanity so yep or stay out of jail or that too so yeah yep. so anyways guys thank you so much go and check out in our show notes we will have there is links to our all of our social media Especially go if you're on Discord, go and and, yep. and like us on there because um, we're we're trying to be as active as we can on there, you know. I'm, and I have actually started an Instagram page just for me, yeah, just so for Dave. I'm, so I'm over at Big Dave X Pod. There's literally nothing there yet, but there It'll will be. be. Well, maybe by the time this goes up, there will be. Yeah. Um, but also, um, yeah, we're less than 90 days away from Halloween at this point. That is, um, yes. I could probably if I went and looked at the calendar, I could tell you how many days exactly because. I have one of those cool calendars that has like every day says so many days until Halloween on it, you know, and um, Oktoberfest. Yes, we'll cut that out. Too, so. <laughs> uh, so uh, but that is, uh, you know, like I said, I have one of those those silly calendars, and uh, we love Halloween, and we, of course we do our Oktoberfest, and we're already uh, we're working on putting that together because that takes more than us just deciding we're going to do it yeah uh if you guys have suggestions feel free to uh, send, send them to us now us to because us, we're yeah. going to start working on this the very first of august yes because it will take us all of august and, and into put september it, to put it together. and into september uh, to put it together 
and record our regular episodes exactly. on top of exactly. it. Exactly, because it's a lot of work. And well, we enjoy it. We, Don't, we, we're not complaining about it because no. we commit to it every year and we love it. Two and episodes a week. Two episodes a week. And uh, that's the reason why we got to 100 as fast as we did. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you once again. I am Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. Uh, give me something to bring. Uh, I think you should stand next to my fire. <laughs> Get it! It's all about-